0: My name is Christine and I'll be your online host for today. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to welcome you. Please text me to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. And attention all parents, don't forget to visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids so you download the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids' Zoom classes from 10.45 to 11.15 a.m. Our teachers are so excited to meet with the kids. There will be kids' worship, a lesson, and games, so come join us. A couple weeks ago, Past JB taught us to identify our happiness helpers. My form of a happiness helper is eating whenever I feel down or need to lift me up. I turn to comfort food. My favorite comfort food is chicken noodle soup, specifically Tim Horton's chicken noodle soup. Now your turn. Comment in the chat room or turn person next to you and share with them your favorite comfort food. Again, what's your favorite comfort food? Of course, we would love to see all of your lovely faces as we miss seeing you. Take a selfie of yourself tuning into Church Online and post it on all of your social media platforms and be sure to tag us at hashtag ThriveChurchOnline. Alright everyone, buckle your seats. I'm so pumped for the last part of this series. Let's jump into episode five of our series called Happier You, Learning the Secrets to a Happier You.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to Thrive Church Online. If this is your first time here, you are what we call our VIP. We are so excited that you came to join us, whether you were invited by a friend or you just stumbled upon us online. We are just so glad that you're here. In fact, we've got a special gift just for you. If you go to mythrive.info and you press the button New to Thrive, we want to send to you your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle just to say thanks so much for joining us on this very special day in fact we've got a saying here at Thrive which is welcoming is not just what we do it's who we are and so with that in mind we just welcome one another to church right now if you're sitting beside someone you give them a high five a handshake a warm hug maybe an air high five an air handshake an air hug whatever's appropriate let's welcome another that way if you're in a chat room right now would you welcome the people in your chat room to say it's so great to be here in church with you right now let's welcome another to church today You guys are a beautiful church inside and out. And this is my favorite time of the week. is to spend time with each and every one of you. And so a huge welcome to each and every one of you whether you're visiting for the first time, or you've been here before. Welcome to Thrive Church online. Well, I'm so excited for what we're going to be doing here today. We're finishing off a series here at Thrive called Happier You, and today is the grand finale of that ser- that, that that series. And so I just want to just give you guys the final message of the series to Together. And so I want to bring, invite you right now to grab your Bibles, if you have them. If you don't have but one, that's okay. But if you did bring a Bible, you've got a, a phone that you've got the Bible in, a device you got the Bible in, it's time to grab that right now. If you help hold it up, why don't you hold up like so? And we're going to make this proclamation together in faith. This is a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's Word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's Word can come in and change my life and I will never be the same in Jesus name I pray Amen, amen, amen. You guys are a beautiful church inside and out. And hey, by the way, if you're here and you're new to church or you're new to the Bible, you're new to faith, we are just so glad that you're here. We hope that you find that Thrive is a safe place where you can just be yourself, a place where you can find some encouragement, some hope to help you get started during the week, a place where maybe you can even find some of the answers to the questions that you're asking, a place where you can find community. And if you want any more information on who we are or the other next steps you can take you can go to mythrive.com, There's a whole bunch of different things you can do there to help you continue on in your journey with God. Well, a huge welcome to each and every one of you today. We're doing a series here at Thrive called Happier You, learning the secrets to a happier you. In fact, because this is the final episode of the series, everyone go, aww. Have you enjoyed this series? I've very much enjoyed this series as well. I feel like it's one of my favorite things we've ever done here at Thrive. But the fact is this, today is the final episode of the series, and if you have benefited from this series over the past four, five weeks that we've been doing Happier You, we'd love to hear from you. In fact, if you go to mythrive.info, you can go and press the button Happier You, and there is a feedback form that we'd love to get your feedback on. And just if there were things that impacted you from this series, if there were questions that you have, we'd love to hear from you. It always touches our hearts, it always encourages. Just when we get feedback from you, and so we'd love to receive that. If you would go to that sometime later today, or maybe even during the service, if there's a boring part of the sermon, you can go to that, or at the end of the service, you can do that as well. We want to encourage you to give us your feedback. That's how we grow. And today, beginning the final uh, episode of this series called Happier You, I want to begin by just recapping really quick what we've covered so far in this series, learning the secrets to a happier you. See, here in this series called Happier You, we're talking about getting to a happy you. We're not saying that if you are going through depression right now, or you're struggling to get up from a fall, or you're grieving the loss of someone very, very dear to you, that somehow you can snap out of it and become happy, happy, joyful, joyful automatically. We're not saying that. But here we're talking in this series about secrets that we can learn from the Bible that help us to be happier. And it's because we believe that happiness isn't just a trait that you are born with or without. It's actually a skill that we can learn. It's a skill that we can actually get better at over time, Happiness is not simply the function of your feelings or the sum of your circumstances, but happiness is very much the product of our, happy, of our habits. If you believe that, say amen. And so with that in mind, let me review with you the four habits, the four secrets to a happier you that we've covered so far. We're not going to go through any one of them in detail. If you missed any one of them, I encourage you to go to our Thrive Church podcast or go to our social media and check out the episodes that you missed. But secret number one to a happier you was give thanks in every circumstance. Would you turn your neighbor and say, always give thanks? always give thanks. In every situation, no matter how dark, how bad, you want to make it a point to give thanks in every circumstance, because when you choose an attitude of gratitude, it helps you stay afloat, even when your circumstances make you want to sink. The secret number two that we looked at is be present in the moment. Is that instead of stealing your own joy away by not being there fully, but only being half there, half not, we want to be present in the moment, especially with the people in our lives and what we do. And if you want more on how do you do that? Go to episode two called Be Present in the Moment. Third secret to a happier you we talked about is take ownership of your happiness. Turn your memory and say, take ownership. Take ownership of your happiness. In other words, it's not God's job to make you happy. It's not your spouse's job to make you happy. It's not the prime minister's job to make you happy. It's certainly not the president's job of the U.S. to make you happy, whoever that might be. It's not your boyfriend's job, your girlfriend's job. It's your responsibility. Happiness is not just an entitlement that, we owe, that we're owed, but happiness is a responsibility for us to find. If you believe that, say amen. And we talked about ways you can take ownership of your happiness. Finally, last week, Pastor Charlene gave a powerful message on the fourth secret to a happier you. And that fourth secret is embrace your work as a calling. Since work is something that we all are here to do, we might as well enjoy it as best we can. And Pastor Charlene gave us some really great tips on how you can do that in episode four of this series. It's been an amazing series so far. Again, if you have enjoyed the series, if you've benefited from the series, please go to the Happier You Feedback form at mythrive.info. We'd love to hear from you. But today I'm here to give you the final secret we're going to be talking about in this Happier You series. And let me start this off by letting you know a true story. This is not a joke. It's not meant to be a joke, but I think it's kind of funny anyways. Many years ago, There was one lady in her 60s, I'll call her B, and B, she lived in Staten Island, New York, and she had this feud, this grudge with this next door neighbor of hers that for 25 years was not resolved. And as a result, at the end of the 25 years, she decided to do something that she thought would really make her next door neighbor mad. You know what she decided to do? She ordered two truckloads of horse manure. And she brought it over to her house. And at first, she thought, I want to put it on my next door neighbor's lawn. But then the company was like, no, that's going to be trespassing. That's a criminal charge, actually, if you do that. And so she's like, okay, well, you know what? Put it on my lawn. And she she put two truckloads. They couldn't even fit all of the manure that they brought. But they put as much manure on her lawn as possible, just so that she could annoy her next door neighbor. And all of a sudden, the neighborhood started to stink, rats and flies. Flies start to infest that whole property. And of course, the neighbors were disturbed because they wouldn't, didn't want to leave the house. They couldn't have guests come in. But even more, this person called B, her life was disturbed because the crap, if you will, was on her own lawn. And see, the fact is this, is that, talk about a crappy neighbor, eh? But the fact is that if you don't have a grasp of the fifth secret that we're talking about today, just like this one person, B, maybe could have used more of it, then you're, the fact is you're not going to enjoy life very much. In fact, no matter how thankful you try to be, no matter how present in the moment you try to be, no matter how much you understand what makes you happy, no matter how much you try to take ownership of your happiness, no matter how much you believe that God has a plan, a purpose for your work, the fact is if you don't grasp this fifth secret we're talking about today, you're not gonna be very happy in life at all. And see, when it comes to all the secrets to a happier you that we've been covering in this series, the fact is no one in the Bible lived out these secrets. Secrets better than Jesus Christ. And see, you're gonna find that in fact this series about happier you is really the happiness habits of Jesus. And we can take them all from the life of Jesus. In fact, that's what we've done. And today's fifth and final secret is no exception. I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32, as I introduce secret number five to you right now. Would you read Ephesians 4, 31-32 with me? What does it say? It says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. That's Ephesians 4, 31, 32. Look at Colossians three thirteen. What does it say? It says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. See, today the message I'm here to share with you in the final episode of our series, Happy with You, is the freedom of forgiveness the freedom of forgiveness. Here is happier you secret number five. You can write this down. If you want to be on your way to a happier you, secret number five, set yourself free by forgiving. See, today's message on forgiveness is one that I understand right off the bat may be one that's difficult for a lot of us here to hear. And it's because I think for a couple of reasons. One challenge with hearing a message on forgiveness is that sometimes it can make us uncomfortable. It's because talking about forgiveness, we can't help but maybe start to dig up old hurts, you know, memories that we aren't comfortable with, you know, feelings that are tough for us to feel again. But let me tell you this, if you will stick with me for the next 40 minutes or so, I think you're gonna find this time together really worthwhile. Now, another challenge that I find with hearing a message on forgiveness is that invariably, inevitably, there will always be people who think, you know what? I don't need to hear this. You know, I don't need to hear this again. This is old hat, been there, done that. There's no one need to forgive. I'm good. You know, this, this doesn't apply to me. But here's, here it is. If that's you today, my hope is that this message is going to challenge you to take a new look at what forgiveness really is. And even if you don't think there's someone in your life that you need to forgive today, the fact is that we are all human. We all make mistakes, and the chances are high that sometime in the future you will both need to give forgiveness. And receive forgiveness. And so my hope is that today's message is going to equip you with a fresh understanding of what forgiveness is and how to do forgiveness practically. There's a third challenge with hearing a message on forgiveness, which is this, and it's often the reason why we resist messages on forgiveness, is that sometimes we bring in wrong assumptions and incorrect understandings of what forgiveness actually is. And so let's deal with some of those wrong assumptions right now. But, but let me begin by giving you what I believe is a great definition for forgiveness, and it doesn't come from the Bible, although I believe it's very, very much in line with the Bible, and uh, it it comes from a movie that my wife and I recently watched called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and this is a movie about the legendary children's educator and TV host Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, and in that movie Mr. Rogers, he's quoted as saying this about forgiveness. He says, forgiveness is a decision we make to release a person from the feelings of anger that we hold toward them. Forgiveness is a decision we make to release a person from the feelings of anger that we hold toward them. See, in order to understand what forgiveness is, it's important also to understand what forgiveness is not. See, forgiveness, first of all, does not require that you forget the hurt that happened to you. You've heard the saying, forgive and forget. But see, how about how about if you can't forget? What if it's impossible to forget? This is the fact is is that forgiveness is not you living in denial about what happened, saying you know what? You know, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You're downplaying it, you're approving it, you're condoning it as if to say, you know what? It's no big deal. What happened didn't really hurt me, didn't really affect me. No, forgiveness is not living in denial. It's not downplaying what happened. In fact, in many ways, forgiveness in order to have forgiveness, you first need to face the fact that you are hurt. And so, you know, to forgive and forget, that 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 sounds great, but in fact, it's really not so much about forgetting. It's about looking at your hurt from the past in a different way. That's that's what forgiveness is. Here's nothing about forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean you have to trust the person who hurt you again. See, some people, they think that forgiveness means that I have to let this person back into my life and resume the relationship we used to have, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to forgive. But listen, here's the thing. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. See, forgiveness is free trust is earned. And in the Bible, God commands us to forgive those who hurt us, but he does not command us to to, to trust people automatically. Again, in certain cases, it's good to try to work toward that trust. In other cases, it will be absolutely foolish and inadvisable to trust that person again, but you still need to forgive. That's because forgiveness and trust are not the same thing. Here's another thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is much more for you than for the person who hurt you. Do you know that? We often think that, oh yeah, well, I, like, forgiveness is a benefit I'm giving to the person who hurt me. Actually, forgiveness is as much for you, if not more for you, than whoever hurt you. It's for your happiness, so that you could move on, so that you don't need to be controlled by, shackled by the anger, the resentment, the rage that you had before. It's so that you can set yourself free. Forgiveness is for you. Turn around and say, forgiveness is for you. Another one is this, forgiveness is not one size fits all. See, in other words, we all need to learn to forgive, but because each of us is unique and each of us carries a unique combination of temperament, experiences, background. How you get to forgiveness and how I get to forgiveness might not be exactly the same. That said, are there some principles we can learn on forgiveness together? Are there some approaches to forgiveness that help all of us? Absolutely, we're gonna talk about that today. But let me begin today by telling you a bit about my forgiveness stories or one of my forgiveness stories. And see, uh, the fact is this, when I grew up, Um, You know, living here in Vancouver, there was someone in my life uh, that was a lot older than me who was especially critical of me. And it was one of those things where no matter what I did or what, how hard I tried, it just seemed as though, uh, as much as I maybe secretly wanted their approval, what I would get instead was you know a lot of really demeaning comments that made uh, me feel like I was pretty inadequate, uh, you know, kind of deficient. Sometimes these were comments to my face, sometimes these were comments behind my back, and you know, over time I started with, is, is it the problem me? And I started to search my heart and try to be teachable, but more and as I look back at those comments, I think to myself, you know, that's, that, those comments were actually pretty unfair. Those comments were actually pretty hurtful and pretty mean. And I carried the hurt of that for a long time. And it was one, one of those things where just over and over, just incident after incident of comment after comment really started to get to me. And see, at the time, you know, I'm a Christian and I knew the Bible talks about forgiveness. I know I'm supposed to forgive. And if you asked me, have you forgiven that person? I would say, yeah, yeah, I have. But for some reason, whenever I would see that person or whenever someone would bring up that person's name or, you know, I would start even just thinking about that person, my mood would completely change. And I'd start to get really disturbed, really angry, really anxious. I wouldn't say anything to anyone, but deep down, I, I would feel it. And, and I'm even, you know, I'd be in the shower even, and I'd be showering, I'd be rehearsing speeches that I would make up. That imagine I'm saying to them, if I ever had the chance to do so and the courage to do so, have you ever done that before? And, and there was even one time when I was with uh, you know, my friends and, and we were hanging out. And we bumped into this person. And after I bumped this person, it was like a 180 shift in my demeanor. I went from happy and enjoying life to just completely anxious and completely angry. And it was one of those things where people are like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And, and something was obviously wrong. See, over time, I started to realize that though I said that I'd forgiven this person, the fact is, I really had not forgiven them nearly to the extent that I needed to. I was still hanging on to anger in my heart against that person. And yet, the more I studied what the Bible teaches about forgiveness, the more I realized, you know, I've got so much more to learn about what forgiveness is. See, I used to think that forgiveness was not about uh, it was just about not taking revenge that forgiveness was about, I'm not going to do to you what you did to me. I'm not going to retaliate. I relinquish my right to get even. I thought that was all that forgiveness is. And it's true. That's a big part of forgiveness. Forgiveness, a big part of it is canceling the debt that you think other people owe. It's saying, I'm not going to retaliate. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take revenge. That's a part of forgiveness. But see, forgiveness is not simply withholding the hurt that they gave to you. What it is, is forgiveness is choosing to completely release that person from the feelings of anger that you hold toward them. And see, the, my problem was this. In my case, I was taking the high road and saying, whatever that person did to me, I'm not going to do to them. And I wouldn't say this publicly. I would just kind of keep that to myself. I'm just not going to do to them what they did to me. But even so, deep down, I still hung on to a lot of hurt and a lot of anger. And you know what? No one was suffering more than I was suffering. And see, maybe you can relate to that story. That on the surface, you act as if you are fine with everybody. But deep down, there is someone in your life that has really hurt you and you secretly keep score with that person. You secretly wish for that person's misfortune. You secretly wait even for the chance to get your revenge. And if that's you, I'm going to submit to you today, there is more work in the area of forgiveness that you and I need to do. Let me give you four reasons why. Why is forgiveness so important? Why do we need to forgive? Let me give you four reasons today. Reason number one, when I don't forgive, the one who suffers the most is me. See, there's a saying that holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at the person you're angry at. But see, what happens is when you do that, if that's true, then what's happening is as you hold on to the hot coal that is your anger, who's getting burned? It's you. You're getting burned more than anyone else. There's another version of which is that unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and hoping that the person you're mad at is killed by the poison. It just doesn't make sense. It's like it's like dumping manure on your own lawn, thinking that it's going to really hurt the next door neighbor. But the fact is, no matter how much you hurt the next door neighbor by doing that, you're hurting yourself more than anyone else. You're getting troubled more than anyone else. It's your reputation that's going down the toilet as you do that. It's because when you hold on to anger, it causes you to not be able to let go. It causes you to not be able to move forward. It causes you to suffer more than anyone else. And see, there's empirical research behind that is that studies have shown that staying bitter results in high blood pressure it results in ulcers you know immune system deficiencies cardiovascular issues sleeplessness sexual dysfunction a higher risk of stroke and with bitterness the refusal to forgive comes things like stress and anxiety depression worry and this general sense of restlessness in your heart in spiritual terms you could say that bitterness opens the door for satan's work in your life and see here's the thing on the other hand forgive Living people tend to be much happier. Dr. Sonia Libramersky from Stanford University. She's dedicated her whole research career to studying human happiness. And in her book called "The How of Happiness: A Scientific Approach to Getting the Life You Want," she finds this. She finds that forgiving people are more likely to be happier, healthier, more agreeable, and more serene. They are able to. They are better able to empathize with others, more capable of reestablishing closeness. She notes that while unforgiveness keeps people in the state of suffering, forgiveness. Allows a person to move on. Turn to your neighbor and say, "You need to move on. You need to move on. You need to move on." There was a girl called Elizabeth Smart, and back in June of 2002, when Elizabeth was only 14 years old, Elizabeth was taken from her home. She was kidnapped, and then she was taken to another town where she was imprisoned in the home, and she was raped by these two people every day, for the, the for the time of over half a year, from June 2002 until she was rescued by police in March 2003. And as horrific, as traumatic as that experience was, Elizabeth realized that when when she was finally rescued, she realized that she needed to let go of this anger because otherwise she would not be able to move forward in life. She would not be able to enjoy her life anymore. And so her decision to forgive had less to do with helping her captors. It had more to do with helping herself, reclaiming her life again. It's no wonder the Bible talks so much about the importance of forgiveness. It's because when you refuse to forgive, you're the one who suffers the most. But when you choose to forgive, you set yourself free. Amen. Ephesians 4.31 says it this way. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. When you stay bitter, you know what happens? You suffer the most, but by forgiving, you set yourself free. Is there a person in your life that you need to forgive? Someone in your past, maybe even someone in your present right now that you need to forgive? That's reason number one. Reason number two is when I don't forgive, the people closest to me suffer. Look at Hebrews twelve, fifteen with me. It says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Could you just underline those words? No bitter root. See here's the thing. What is this verse saying? It's saying that bitterness is like this root under the ground that starts to cause problems before you even know it. And, and the fact is that you're not the only one who suffers when you refuse to forgive. Because if you let bitterness like a root start growing under the surface, you know what's going to happen? It's going to end up troubling others outside of you as well. It says, see to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. It's because when I don't forgive, I'm not the only one who suffers, but other people around me suffer as well. I remember I was once harboring some bitterness towards someone, and after a day or so of, you know, wallowing in my bitterness toward this person, hanging on to that anger to that person, one day, you know, Charlene, she said to me, hey, hey JB, is it, is, did I do something? Did I do something? And 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 she's not the one I was mad at. I was like, no, no, you're fine. I, I I'm not angry at you, and but she's like, but but you're acting as if like you're angry at me. Like, w- w- did I do something? Like, because you're you're cold. You're not friendly. You're kind of preoccupied. And then all of a sudden, I realized I wasn't even angry at Charlene. She wasn't the person I was angry at. And yet, my bitterness was spilling into my other relationships. Has that ever happened to you before? is that you might be angry at someone, and you think it's just between me and them, but without you even knowing it, your bitterness, your refusal to forgive is actually affecting your other relationships as well. It's because when I don't forgive, the people closest to me suffer as well. You know, as author and speaker Joyce Meyer says, she says, unforgiveness blocks my ability to love others. See, unforgiveness is, is about self. It's about what was done to me, how I feel, what that person did to hurt me, and when we focus all on ourselves all the time, we can't love the people in our lives. That's why when I don't forgive, the people closest to me suffer. See, here's a question for you. By staying bitter, by refusing to forgive, what other relationships in your life are you actually putting at risk today? Really important question to ask because it doesn't just affect you alone. Reason number three, when I don't forgive, my faith doesn't work the way that it should. You know, earlier this week, there was a power outage in our neighborhood, and the whole house went dark. We were all in there, and all of a sudden, it all went dark. We we couldn't really enjoy the house that we normally do. And 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 here this here's it is that is that so many of the things that we would want to enjoy in the home we couldn't. Why do I mention that? It's because unforgiveness is like that as well. Is that when there's unforgiveness in my heart, it's like there's a power outage in my life, in my faith, in my relationship with God. I, I can still maybe live with it, but it's like living in the dark without being able to enjoy it. It's like living without any power. You're not able to be happy. See, these are all different reasons why you and I were never meant to hold bitterness inside. God made us to live in a freedom that comes from forgiveness. But see, there's one more reason that we'll talk about today about why it's important to forgive. is because unforgiveness cuts us off from God. See, unforgiveness is not just a bad habit, it's actually a sin that separates us from God. And as in Matthew six, fourteen to fifteen, Jesus says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Wow. Well, how is it possible that our forgiveness is tied to the way we forgive other people? It's because when I refuse to forgive, it shows that I haven't understood the very reason I can have a relationship with God in the first place. That it's because of his forgiveness that I can relate to God. It's not because of my performance. It's not because of how good I am. It's not because I earned a place with God. It's simply because God had, a, had mercy on a sinner like me. He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins and it's through his forgiveness that I have a relationship with him. And when I refuse to forgive, it shows that I don't understand that. It shows that I've missed the point about what the foundation of my relationship with God is. And when I refuse to forgive, I'm basically removing that foundation on which my relationship with God stands. That's why unforgiveness cuts us off from God. How about you? Are you dealing with a refusal to forgive? Do you struggle with forgiving someone today? See, since forgiveness is so important, I want to end today by talking about how do we go about forgiving? Because in many ways, it's easier said than done. And I want to share with you three ways that you and I can start doing that in our lives. These are three things that help me to forgive and to let go of the, the anger, to, let, to release that, the, 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 the person that I'm angry toward. Here are three things that maybe will help you as well. You can take good notes. Number one, make the choice to forgive the person whether or not that person apologizes. Make the choice to forgive that person whether or not they apologize. You know, have you ever had this thought before? So, say someone's hurt you badly and you say, you know what? If they apologized and they gave me a proper apology, then maybe I'll forgive them. You know, if they get on their hands and their knees and they're crying, you know, and, and they, 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 they cut themselves, maybe, just maybe, I will have mercy on them and I'll forgive them. See, what's the problem with thinking this way? The problem is this, what if they never apologize? What if they have no clue how much you're hurt? What if they're already dead? What if they have no idea that they hurt you? What if they know that you hurt you, but they're way too stubborn or prideful to admit it? See, are you going to let that person's stubbornness or pride control your life and hold you hostage for the rest of your life? No, that's silly. The fact is this, save yourself the unnecessary heartache and burden and decide, I'm not going to wait for an apology. I'm going to decide, I'm going to choose, I'm going to forgive. That person, whether or not they ask for forgiveness, it's about setting you free. Why put the ball in their court for as long as you are alive? That person could be dead, and even from the grave, they're controlling you because you have not let go. You need to let go, and it begins by making the choice to say, I'm gonna forgive this person, whether or not an apology comes my way. Oh, but JB, I don't feel like forgiving. Let me tell you this remember this forgiveness is not just a feeling, forgiveness is a choice. And see, remember how our definition of forgiveness goes. is That forgiveness is the decision we make to release a person from the feelings of anger that we hold toward them. It begins with a choice. It begins with us saying, I'm gonna forgive this person, hope the the feelings of it will follow. As Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt writes in The Gift of Forgiveness, she writes, forgiveness is a conscious choice we make and remake over the course of our lives to forgive and move on. Whether it's in your family, in your friendships, your marriage separation divorce or even in death it's a choice that we make turn in and say it's a choice we make look at luke chapter 23 33 to 34 what does it say it says when they came to the place called the skull there they crucified him that's jesus along with the criminals one on his right the other on his left jesus said father forgive them for they do not, do not know what they are doing and they divided up his clothes by casting lots notice something here jesus didn't wait for the people who were killing him to apologize before he forgave them. Do you notice that? that? even while he's speaking words of forgiveness over them as he's hanging on the cross, they were continuing to humiliate him, divided up his clothes by casting lots, keeping him, like you're know, basically shaming him. And even in that very moment, he says, Father, forgive them. What is Jesus doing? He's saying, I'm not going to wait for them to repent. I'm not going to wait for them to apologize before I choose to move on. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to forgive them. And in part, it's just to show the amazing love of God for each and every one of us, that his mercies are unfailing, that his compassion for us is amazing. But even more, it showed that Jesus didn't want to die a bitter person. He didn't want to die in bitterness. And so he said, Father, forgive them for what they've done because they have no idea what they're doing. And even as he's saying it, he's being crucified. He's being, you know, he's being shamed. He's being humiliated. There's a guy called Chris Williams, who, in an awful, awful car accident, he lost his wife, he lost the child that, was, uh, that, that she was pregnant with, she lost uh, his, his son and his daughter, all in a car accident where a teenage driver was speeding and slammed into their car. And it was a horrific, horrific accident. And amazingly, Chris Williams decided, you know, I need to forgive this guy. And he actually decided pretty early on, even as he's sitting in the car, he he amazingly decided, I need to forgive this guy. And, and he said about that situation, he said that the one thing that nobody can take away is our ability to decide how we react to those situations. Was I going to go down the path that I knew wouldn't give me justice, wouldn't bring me closure, wouldn't bring my family back? If anything, that path could actually poison the remaining family that I had with anger and vengeance. Or I could make a choice to let all of that go and choose to be healed in another way. And on the other hand, his mother, Chris's mother, couldn't stand it. She, she could not take the fact that this happened and 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 the fact that she just she just refused to forgive and you know she wanted vengeance and but it took such a toll on her body such a toll on her heart it was so hard for her to keep staying angry that eventually she decided to go in the direction of her son chris and say okay could you help me to forgive too And see, it's because forgiveness is one of those things that sets us free. It's for you. It's not so much for the other person who hurt you. It's for you more than anyone else so that you can move on. That's point number one. Point number one. Point number two is realize that forgiveness is a process that takes time. It takes time. Turn neighbor and say it takes time. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, there's a saying that time heals all wounds. I'm not saying that. The fact is this. I know people who have had grudges and feuds for decades, and time has not made it any better. In fact, time is in fact, maybe, probably, possibly made it worse. It's not about give it time and it'll heal. The fact is when it comes to our biggest wounds, it's about what we do with the time. And the fact is that forgiveness is a process that takes time. See, with God, his forgiveness is perfect. It's instant. It's complete. When, when he forgives us today... He forgives us completely. He, he, it's not like tomorrow he's going to come roaring back with all this anger and, and rage and, and, and saying, you know, how could you do that again? He's, he's not, that's not him. That's not his forgiveness. His, perf- his forgiveness is perfect. That's why when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he declared, it is finished. In other words, the wrath of God was completely extinguished at the cross where Jesus died, such that he could say, it's done, it's over. But see, that's God's forgiveness. He's perfect. We're not perfect. And with us, forgiveness is not always that way, especially when the hurt we are dealing with is significant. See, for us, forgiveness is a process, and it takes time. You know, for example, there's a girl called Scarlett Lewis. She's a mom who lost her precious son, Jesse, in the shootings that happened at Sandy Hook Elementary School back in 2012. He was only six years old, and he was shot down. And she said this, forgiveness starts with a choice, and then it becomes a process. You know, Polly Shepherd, she was one of the women who was in that church in Charleston, South Carolina, where a 21-year-old white supremacist walked into this church of black people and he opened fire on them just as they they were finishing the prayer meeting and he killed nine of them. Polly survived. And she said this, forgiveness comes to us in stages. And feeling that forgiveness is impossible is one of those stages. And in fact, you could even say that even for God... You could say that God's forgiveness was, in a way, a process too. All of the Old Testament is preparing the way for the forgiveness that Jesus made possible on the cross. And and see, it's it's, it's a process in in, in that way as well. See, since forgiveness is a process, see forgiveness not as a destination to arrive at, but as a direction to move in. Let me say that again. Since forgiveness is a process— See forgiveness not as a destination to get to, but as a direction to walk in. And see, it's not just about getting to a place where you're not angry anymore. But forgiveness is also the process of getting there. It's about learning to let go of trying to get there to that place. Instead of thinking, "Oh, have I forgiven or not?" You you got, it might be want asking. It might be more helpful to ask yourself, "Am I walking in the direction of forgiveness?" See, when I look at my own journey in forgiveness, you know, when I talked about that one story I shared earlier is that there were different steps in that process. And it's really tough for me to kind of really pinpoint, cut, clear cut, like every single step. But if I had to kind of summarize it, it was like, you know, the first step of that process was me simply saying, I'm not going to get revenge. Like, I, I don't want to stoop down to that person's level and do what they did to me. I'm not going to do that. And, and you know, part of it is maybe pride. Part of it is just, you know, I, I want to forgive. And so it's, it's kind of mixed that way. But that's step one. Step two is me saying, you know, whenever I think about that person who hurt me, I'm going to say to myself, God bless that person. God, I forgive that person. God, you've forgiven that person. God, you love that person. And I, I would actually say that consciously. Sometimes, even out loud. When I, just usually not with people around, but when when I think about that person, I'll be like, God bless that person. Or God forgive that person. God I forgive that person. And very often the next day I'd be angry again and I'd say it again. It's almost like going to you know like going to Playland or going to a midway where you're doing whack-a-mole and you know those you know, those moles that come up and you have to hit it with a hammer. And then and each time it comes down, it comes back up again. You have to hit it again. For forgiveness is like that as well. Sometimes we need to do whack-a-mole forgiveness, where we have to just keep on saying the same thing over and over and until it starts to stick in our heart. That's step two for me. Step three was when I finally realized, you know, I can't do this on my own, God. This is really tough. Please give me the power to forgive that person. And and then step four of the process was me learning about God's forgiveness and, and realizing that you know God's forgiveness is amazing. That I will never have to forgive anyone more than God has already forgiven me. That's the amazing nature of the forgiveness of God. Step five was over time just learning to actually emph- empathize with that person. That the person who hurt me, realizing, you know what? That person probably didn't intend to hurt me the way that they did. That, and that's not an excuse for what they did, but it, it helps me to forgive. And see, over time, as I kept moving step by step in this direction of forgiveness, you know what happened? Over time, not right away, but gradually, the anger I felt to that person gradually went away as well. You know, and, and see, what is that? It's that forgiveness is a process. See, since forgiveness is a process, here's another thing. It helps to talk it out with someone else. Since forgiveness is a process, it helps to have someone to talk about it with. Talk about what? Talk about what you're going through, what happened, what you're feeling, and and what you're planning to do from here. You see, here's the thing. Why talk it out? When you talk it out with someone that you're, that, uh, when you talk about your hurt with someone, you're no longer holding it in. Instead, you're letting someone else help you to bear the burden that you're carrying. And there's a release that comes from disclosing where you're at. There's a support that hopefully comes when you share it. And see, when it comes to hurt, if you don't talk it out, you're going to take it out. Let me tell you, say it again. When, if you don't talk it out, you're going to take it out. You're going to take it out on your body. You're going to take it out on the people who have nothing to do with the situation. That's because hurt people hurt people. That's why it's so important you deal with the hurt. For example, maybe you look at your family, and there is a hurt. There is a sin that keeps on reappearing in, your, in the generations of your family. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's adultery. Maybe it's abandonment. And, and it's just kind of, you look at your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your your, your own parents, and just uncles, and, aunts, and, and you see kind of a similar thing going on. Why is it that? Well, let me give you one reason why that could be. It's because maybe no one really ever talked about it. And maybe no one ever really dealt with it the way it needed to be dealt with. They never dealt with it head on. And so as a result, it spilled over into the next generation because we didn't deal with it properly. The next generation learned the wrong ways of dealing it as well. And see, here's the thing. We don't want to sp- spread contagious hurt. We want to spread contagious hope. And if you can deal with that hurt now, and you can talk about it now, and find healing now in your lifetime, in your generation, guess what? You can stop that hurt from passing on to the next generation in the same way, is that you don't need to have it pass on. You can deal with it now, even not just for your sake. Do it for the people that you love the most. Do it for the next generation. Do it for your kids. Amen. Turn neighbor and say, you need to talk it out. You need to talk it out. See, remember that who you talk it out with is important. See, who you talk about it with is important. See, first, talk it out with God. Talk it out with God, especially if the person who hurt you is no longer around or the person that hurt you is not healthy enough to have a conversation about it, or it's a hurt that you don't think is maybe major enough to bring up with anyone else, the fact is you can always talk to God about it. Big hurt, small hurt, nothing is hidden from God's sight, and nothing is insignificant to him if it matters to you. And see, you can be real with God about your hurt. In fact, that's the whole book of Psalms, or a big chunk of the book of Psalms, is that that you look at the book of Psalms, and a good percentage of the prayers that David writes, and the other writers write. What are they doing? They're lamenting their hurt. They're, they're sharing their grief. They're disclosing their pain. They're talking it out with God, and you can do the same. In fact, I encourage you to go make that your go-to thing whenever you're hurt. Talk to God as your starting point. You need to talk with God. Turn to me to say, talk it out with God. There's a second thing you can do. Talk it out with a friend that you trust and respect, but on this one, I want you to be mindful of this. You want to try to find people who are going to move you in the direction of forgiveness, Because how many of you know that iron sharpens iron? That's in the Bible iron sharpens iron. As one, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And if you are always hanging out with people who are very vengeful, very you know, critical, complaining, judgy, they always, want, you know, they always want revenge. They always want to retaliate. If, you're, if that's the kind of music you listen to, the kind of entertainment you listen to, and that's what fills your mind, guess what? It's going to sharpen you in the direction of unforgiveness. It's going to sharpen you in the direction of wanting revenge and retaliation. And so that's why you need to sharpen yourself in the other way. Find your surround yourself with people who maybe can understand what you're going through, who've been through it as well, and who are going in the direction of forgiveness. Because when it, when you do that, when you talk it out with them, it'll sharpen you in the direction that you really want to go in, which is the direction of forgiving. That's the second person you can talk to. Third is this, if the hurt is especially deep, you may want to consider talking to a counselor. There's no shame in that. That's something that many of us actually do, and it's important to do it. If you need to do it, go ahead and do it. Find a good counselor who's able to help you in the direction of forgiveness. And of course, if it's a relationship to care about and that you want to maintain it and you can't continue on in a healthy way in that relationship without talking about it, talk it out with the person who hurt you. See, we don't have time to go into detail about how you do that. That's one big topic on its own. But if you want to know more about that, there's a message that I gave on May 5th. 2019. It's called Resolving Conflict the Smart Way. It's part of our Known and Love series. And in Resolving Conflict the Smart Way, I give you some tips on how you can talk to that person who hurt you. And in a lot of cases, I think people have found that helpful. You can check it out as well. That's May 5, 2019, Resolving Conflict the Smart Way. See, forgiveness is a process. That's why you need to talk it out. Another thing, since forgiveness is a process, be patient with yourself and kind toward others who are going through that process. See, when that feeling of anger comes back, even after you tried to release it, that's actually kind of normal. So don't beat yourself up. Instead, you want to acknowledge, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. I'm still angry. Acknowledge it. It's, 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 that's just where you're at in your journey of forgiveness. Acknowledge it. Accept the fact that you're still angry. Accept the fact that, yes, something awful happened, and then release the feeling back to God again. You know, make the decision to say, I'm going to forgive again. I'm going to let it go again. Catherine Pratt, author of The Gift of Forgiveness, says, what I have come to learn is that real forgiveness is much more nuanced than what you learn in kindergarten on the playground. It's not a single step. It's not a simple, I'm sorry. Forgiveness involves honesty, courage, self-reflection, the ability to listen closely. It involves the desire to forgive and maybe not forget. And most importantly, involves a lot of love over and over again. New Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Famous verses where Peter comes up to Jesus and asks, Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And then Jesus answers, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And some people say 70 times, seven times. And see, we often, when we read these verses, which are famous verses, we think that Jesus and Peter are both referring to how many times a person sins against you and how many times you need to forgive him after a while, a- after each one. But see, could it be, maybe, just maybe, Peter and Jesus are also not just referring to that, but they're also referring to how many times you have to apply the process of forgiveness to even just one sin is that one sin, maybe a big sin took place, and it's not enough to say, I forgive him once, but you have to do it over and over and over again. Why? It's because forgiveness is a process, amen? And if others in your life have been hurt, then guess what? Because it's a process, give them the time they need to go through the process of forgiveness too. Don't expect them just to snap out of it or just move on already, but you, you, you want to be kind toward them and realize that everyone's got a process to go through. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to respect your process. I want to respect your process. Has this been helpful in this place so far? Yeah. Last point, and we're going to close today. If we want to learn to forgive, one thing that helps me so much, and I hope it helps you too, is remember that God is writing a greater story with your life. Romans eight twenty eight. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who've been called according to his purpose. You know, I don't know what it is that's hurt you. I I don't know what you've been through. But I do know this is that the Bible says that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And that Everything we go through in life, even our biggest hurts, the most disappointing moments, the most unexpected losses, even the things that God himself did not want to have happen to you, but in a world where he's given us free will, he allows it to happen. God will use everything, even the hardest points of your life. He will use it for good. He will use it to write a greater story. And if if God is writing a greater story with it all, it means you don't have to act as if it all depends on you. You don't have to act as if it's all in your hands and you you need to get back at that person or take revenge. We can let it go knowing that God is in control and he's writing a greater story. Romans 12, 17 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The reason you don't have to take things into your own hands when it comes to revenge and retribution and all that stuff is because God is writing a greater story. And he took all of our sins, all the sins that we've ever committed and all the sins that were ever committed against us and he nailed every single one of them to the cross where Jesus Christ died. See, your story didn't begin with your hurt. It didn't begin with your decision to forgive. You know where your story began? Your story began with God and his love for you. Your story began when Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And see, the best is yet to come. Maybe you're here today and you've been deeply hurt by someone. Maybe you feel betrayed. Maybe you feel abandoned. Maybe you feel cheated on. Maybe you feel so unloved or taken for granted. Maybe you feel disrespected. Maybe you feel dishonored. Maybe you feel stolen from. I'm I'm here to tell you today, God is not finished with your story. God is writing a greater story with your life because with Jesus Christ, the greatest mercy is made available to us so that we can move forward, so that we can extend it to others, so that we can set ourselves free. See, if you will make the choice to set yourself free by forgiving, you're going to allow yourself to move to a happier you. Instead of suffering so much, you can move on. Instead of allowing your friends and your family to suffer with you, you can help them move on as well. It's because with Jesus Christ there is the power to forgive, and with the power to forgive comes the freedom that forgiveness brings. Here I just want to end by giving you an opportunity to respond to this message and respond to God, and this is just as important as anything that I've shared earlier today. Is that, and I just encourage you just to do whatever you need to do to focus on God right now. Maybe if you need to go to another room, or maybe if you need to just kind of shut out other things right now, I encourage you to do that, because. I want to encourage you, those of you who realize that you've been struggling with unforgiveness. You you realize that you've been, in some ways, held captive by unforgiveness in your life. You've been held captive by this anger that you've refused to let go of. And you realize that actually, more than anything, you're the one who's suffering. And if you realize that you don't want to keep living that way, that there's maybe a better way to live uh, and and it's by forgiving, I want to encourage you to take a step in that direction today. And uh, I'm going to encourage you just to pray to God. Because sometimes we don't have the ability to do it, but God, by his power, can help us. And I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me, if that's you right now. If you realize that you need to forgive someone or you want to take a step in that direction of forgiveness, you want to set yourself free by forgiveness, why don't you just right now, wherever you are, just lift your hand to God right now. Let, just lift your hand up right now. And let the height of your hand reflect how much you, you need God right now and how much you want help in this area. And you can just pray this prayer with me. And maybe there's always somebody in your mind that you know you need to forgive. I, I'm going to encourage you because we're going we're to we're do something with that. Why don't you just pray this prayer with me right now. You can say, Heavenly Father, I realize today that I've got some work to do when it comes to forgiving. Especially when it comes to, and just name that person you can name that person and maybe what they did you can just do that to yourself right now do that to God right now you can tell him you can talk it out with him especially when it comes to that person I don't want to suffer unnecessarily anymore because I don't want those around me to suffer also I ask you today help me to walk in forgiveness by faith I make the choice to forgive this person I release them from the anger I've held toward them all this time. I choose to walk in the direction of forgiveness. I know it's a process, and I know I need help, but I thank you that you're with me, and I'm on my way to setting myself free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Can you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now? Praise God. Another group of people we want to pray for is those of you who realize you don't don't just need to forgive others, but you actually need forgiveness yourself. And if that's you then I'm here to remind you right now that God loves you with an unconditional, unchanging, unfailing, unlimited love such that he sent Jesus Christ for you and for me so that we could have a way back to him, so that we could be forgiven. Forgiveness is the foundation of our relationship with God. And if you need to receive that for forgiveness today, I'm going to invite you to just pray this prayer right now to receive Jesus and his forgiveness into your life. You can just raise your hand as well. Just lift up your hand to God and I want you to pray this prayer right now. You can say, Heavenly Father, Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sins. Thank you that Jesus rose again from the grave so that I could have hope today, tomorrow, and forever. Please come in, forgive me of my sins, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, guess what? The Bible says you are forgiven of your sins, that you are a child of God, you are a citizen of heaven, that you belong to God and you've got a relationship with him that is not going to be taken away from you. It's not based on your performance. It's all based on God's unconditional love for you and for me expressed through Jesus Christ. And if that's you and you made that decision, a huge congratulations to you. You can press that button that says, Commit My Life to Jesus. Or you can text BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. There's a link we want to send you to to give you some resource to help you unpack this decision you've made and to encourage you in this relationship that you have with God. Praise God. Can we give God a big hand, a big shout? Let's bless God right now. That brings our Happier You series to a close. And I've so enjoyed doing the series with you. I want to thank you so much for joining us for the series. Whether you're just joining today, or you've been with us for all five weeks of the series. We love to get your feedback on the series. And what I'd ask you to do, even right now, we're just going to have you know a, a moment where you can go to mythought.info and, and just click that link or that button that says "Happier You" feedback form. And if you wouldn't mind just taking a minute just to give us your feedback on what's helped you during the series. Your feedback helps us so much to know what God is doing in your life, what, you know, what, what things we can learn from your experience. We'd love to hear from you. So please fill out that Happier You feedback form. As you're doing that, we're gonna hand the time to our worship band. They're gonna lead us in a song. And so let's just give this time to God. Encourage you to use that Happier You feedback form and let's give our very best to God right now. Can we do that together right now? Praise God. Let's do that.
2: When the music fades, all is stripped away, and I simply come. just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than the song for a song it itself is not what you have required you search much deeper within through the way things you you're looking into my It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus Now we just open our hearts to our God Just sing out to our God Hallelujah Thank you, Jesus
1: Can we give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Oh, come on, there's more in you than that. Give God all of your praise in this place right now. By the way, if you call Thrive Church or home church, you just believe in the work that God is doing here. Let's also give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings. Knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And so let's give to God first, knowing that not only does he add everything we need, but he builds his church and his kingdom through us as well. Let's pray as we close off our service together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this time we could spend together right now. We thank you so much that long before we ever reached for you, you reached for us and you sent Jesus Christ for us. We thank you so much that long before we ever thought or needed to forgive anyone, you extended your forgiveness and mercy to us so that we could have the ability and the power to forgive as well. We thank you so much for every single person here. We thank you, God, that you love them, that the story you're writing for them is not over, but the best is yet to come. Thank you, Jesus. With that in mind, we pray all of your blessing, your peace, your healing, your strength, your comfort, courage, wisdom, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you that because Jesus Christ is alive, we have hope, and we can share it with others. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. One more time, let's give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Praise God. That ends it up for us here. We're gonna hand it back to our online hosts. Have an amazing rest of your Sunday. Have a great start to your week. Praise God. Have an amazing, amazing day, everybody. We love you guys. The best is yet to come. We'll see you guys really soon. Take care, everybody. Love you guys.
0: Thank you Pastor
1: Jamie for such a powerful
0: message today. All right, let's jump into some announcements. Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, Let us know by texting NEW to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. Check it out by clicking the link in the chat room or by visiting mythrive.info. All right, if you made the decision to receive Jesus Christ today, congratulations. Let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770. We have prepared a gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. It'll be mailed right to your door and we hope that'll guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. Also, if you'd like to get baptized, or find out more about baptism, go to mythrive.info slash baptism. Small groups. If you're not yet part of a small group, I really encourage you to join one today. A small group is where you can get connected with other Thrivers, especially during COVID season when we only meet online. Being in a small group is a crucial part for you to find support and to be prayed for. Let's not do life alone. Let's do life together and know that we are here for you. To sign up for a small group, simply visit mythrive.info today. As we finish our message series called Happier You, Learning the Secrets to a Happier You, please let us know how God used this series to impact your life by filling out the feedback form on mythrive.info. It's such an amazing series, and it taught me how to give thanks, be present, take ownership, embrace my work, and forgive. Again, fill out the form on mythrive.info. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. I hope you all have a lovely Sunday morning, and enjoy the rest of the week. Keep warm, and I'll see you all next week right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!